0: I wouldn't eat comparison cake, it's probably not that tasty, so that might not have been the best analogy, but, you know, I'm drinking tea and tea and cake and, you you know, you know the drill, you know the drill with me. Um, So yes, I think that we need to be compassionate and kind to ourselves if we find ourselves comparing, but we also need to be aware when we're doing it and work to weed out the parts of comparison that are inherently bad for us um so as i said the the bad news is that we're neurologically hardwired to compare so we can't get rid of it but the good news is that we can choose how we let that comparison affect us so i think it's time to put comparison under the microscope <laughs> Friends, and thank you for joining me for the Way Forward podcast brought to you by me, Fliss Goldsmith, and Co-Design Coaching, where we create your optimal life together. Hello, friends. It's so good to be with you today. Um, So, what are we going to be talking about and sharing together? I am going to be um, talking to you about comparison. And actually this sort of came a little bit left of field um, because it was brought about in my uh, sphere of thought due to something that happened to me. And then all of these amazing sort of penny drop moments happened. And I thought, you know what, I just need to share this with my amazing listeners. So... I've got a cup of tea. Um, Perhaps you need a nice hot drink or just to settle yourself somewhere um, in order to listen to this, or you might even be listening to it while you're out and about. Whatever is best for you, whatever suits you, get yourself ready and let's go on a journey and talk about comparison. So what do I mean by comparison? Well, you know, it's about looking at the lives of other people and thinking about how that stacks up against you and your life and what you do. Brene Brown has a really lovely way of um, creating a visual idea of um, comparison. And that is about swimming. You know, when you're swimming and you're doing lengths, it's about looking at the lanes next to you, looking at the people next to you and seeing what they're doing. Are they swimming better than me? Are they swimming faster than me? Have they got better swimming gear on than me? And I think that's really great because we're in our own lane in life and then all of a sudden we will become aware of somebody else doing something and we will compare ourselves and usually put ourselves down. I have to admit that I thought, due to being an expert in emotional wellness, I had worked really hard not to fall into the trap of comparison. However, (laughs) something recently happened, as I alluded to earlier, that made me realise that... I am just as fallible um, as the rest of everybody, uh, it turns out. So let me set the scene for you. Um, I was on a day's training. So I was the trainer um, in a room full of high level management. um, And I was there to talk to them about um, inclusion, which is a huge, huge passion of mine. Um, and anyway, we were welcomed by the CEO and the room was set out beautifully. It was in this gorgeous um, sort of rural holiday cottage that was part of a larger um, sort of estate of beautiful buildings. And there was fruit on the table and there was um, muffins and pastries and all delicious things. Um, They made me a cup of tea and I felt hugely, hugely welcome. That's me having a cup of tea right now. Um, And the the CEO said, um, you know, let me introduce you to the team. And we went round and we got to the last member of the management team who was at this point uh, facing the other way, um, doing something uh, at the other end of the room. So he said, oh, um, could you uh, just just come over here? I'd love you to meet Fliss. <clears throat> and this woman turned around and I had a moment where time sort of almost stopped because I went to sixth form with this, I want to say girl, maybe. <laughs> Why do I still think of myself as a girl? I'm 40. Um, but yeah, I went to school with her and our eyes sort of connected and it felt like an hour, but it was obviously just a second. And she was like, oh, my goodness, we went to school together. And I was like, yes, we did. And and it was lovely. We sort of reminisced. We were laughing, um, you know, because we haven't seen each other since we were 17 years old. Um, and it was a really lovely moment. And she was telling me about her family and um, her children turns out she has 3 children and you know i was saying wow that's that's some medal worthy stuff i have 2 and you know that that's a juggle um an amazing one but it's a juggle uh, so 3 wow um and then you know um we were talking about um the fact that she'd got married she'd been away she'd come back to the area and then she was talking about the building and i suddenly realized she owned the building that we were in. And I just had this moment of, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, I'm not doing life right. I really did just have this feeling that I cannot even describe as the conversation was progressing, thinking, I mean, I don't don't own a lot of buildings out in the middle of the glorious countryside. I mean... Wow, whoa, what have I been doing? And as the day went on, obviously I sort of was replaying this in my head a little bit in the breaks, and I was trying to sort of trying to have a little word with myself. And I I thought, you know what? This is this is a comparison moment. You're comparing yourself. And you're here to train. All of this senior leadership team for a large organisation, and you're feeling inferior, you're feeling comparative, and you're feeling negative, and and that's not good for us. That's not good. So anyway, suffice to say, in the week that followed, a lot of self awareness work has been done, and. I'm going to go into a little bit more of that um, and what that involves in the second episode, because comparison's big, people. We need two episodes on this. <laughs> um, but I'm feeling at a much better place with it now. And that is what led me to think I need to share this with my listeners, because I don't think there is a human alive, untouched by comparison. So now I've set the scene for you, shall we dive in to find out what we know about comparison and the way that it might show up in our lives, in your life? Um, And as we go along, if you feel any of this resonating, um, try and make some notes, either physical or mental notes, of where this touches your life, where comparison comes into your life. Um, because once we start to unpick this, it's a massive door opener um, wellness wise. It really is. So let's buckle up and find out about comparison. So researchers Jenny Sales and Renny Martin have explained that comparison has a far reaching effect on our lives. Not only does it affect our self concept, it actually affects our prediction of the future. It predicts the outcomes that are ahead of us, and it also shapes our aspirations. And that really sits heavy with me because I never realised that. I never realised that me comparing myself in whatever way, whether that be in the way I look, in the way I parent, in my work, in my marriage, in my financial situation... I never realized that these, you know, comparisons were actually affecting how I thought my future would play out and also how I aspired to things in the future. So, yeah, that's that's a real light bulb for me um, as, a, as a starting point. Um, and there's a lovely definition. And I go back to Brene Brown because, well, I just love her quite a lot, actually. Um, but her definition of... Um, comparison is this. It's the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It says, fit in and stand out. Be like everyone else, but better. Ooh, yeah. We, We all know that, don't we? We all know that. And as I said, just think of all the ways in which you might compare yourself. You know, do you compare your parenting? Are you second-guessing your parenting because, you know on the school run, somebody was talking about breakfast and you realize that, you know, that's not what my child eats for breakfast. Maybe I'm a terrible parent. Maybe I should be doing this better. You see people on social media with their perfectly neat, clean houses and your house is, well, a little bit chubby around the edges. Um, You meet somebody who you've not seen since school, who seems to be doing a lot better um, than you in a capacity of finances or a capacity of work or whatever it might be. Um, you go for a a meal out and somebody else is wearing a dress, uh, that you think looks fabulous. And you look down at yourself and you suddenly think, gosh, I don't look glamorous enough, or I'm not thin enough, or I'm not curvaceous enough, whatever it might be. There's a comparison there. Um, And I, as I said, I thought, you know, that I had sort of mopped up the residue of comparison really quite well with all the work I've done over the years, but it still creeps in all the time. Um, Because actually, another research point is that comparison is human and absolutely natural. It comes from our evolution. It comes from us wanting to be the best in order to survive the best. So do not berate yourself for comparing you will never get rid of it entirely. And I think the really delicious thing that I've taken from this is that there's actually some positive parts that you can take out of comparison and some positive emotions. But that's for part two. That is the cherry on top of this comparison cake. Um, I wouldn't eat comparison cake. It's probably not that tasty. So that might not have been the best analogy, but you know, I'm drinking tea and tea and cake and, you you know, you know the drill, you know the drill with me. Um, So yes, I think that we need to be compassionate and kind to ourselves if we find ourselves comparing, but we also need to be aware when we're doing it and work to weed out the parts of comparison that are inherently bad for us. Um, So as I said, the the bad news is that we're neurologically hardwired to compare, so we can't get rid of it. But the good news is that we can choose how we let that comparison affect us. So I think it's time to put comparison under the microscope. I want to take you to a place that comparison takes us. It takes us to various emotions, and we're going to look at them um, in two groups. Today's group is the more negatively affecting group. And in part two, you'll hear about the more positively affected group. So one place you can go when you compare is envy and jealousy. Oh, yes, that green-eyed monster. You can almost feel it when I say it, can't you? Oh, made me swallow my tea funny. I want to ask you a question though. What's the difference between envy and jealousy? Because I think um, that one of the most important things about emotional wellness is emotional literacy. And that means being able to name our emotions and identify them correctly. Because when we're not using the right language, when we're not connecting the right emotions, we can't have the right remedy. So what's the difference between envy and jealousy? It sounds simple, but it will take a while to rewire your thought processes behind this because we use it incorrectly all the time. Quite simply, envy usually involves two people and envy is when we want something that someone else has. So if a friend of mine has a beautiful necklace that I wished I had, I would be envious of her. But I imagine in our day to day talk, we would say, Oh, I'm so jealous of that. It's beautiful. It's actually envy. Jealousy, on the other hand, usually involves three parties because jealousy is when we fear losing someone to someone else or something else. So I'm going to say that again jealousy is when we fear losing someone to someone or something else. So three people. And I want you to try and think of this situation. We we think of jealousy in terms of maybe a romantic relationship where, you know, your partner is maybe eyeing up somebody else and you feel jealous because you fear losing your partner to that person. But you can also lose someone that you care about, and that doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It could be a friend. It could be a parent. It could be a child, um, a sibling. You fear losing that person to something. So it might be that your best friend has suddenly taken up a new hobby um, that you have no real interest in, and they're spending all their time doing that hobby where they would have been spending their time with you. You are now jealous because you are jealous of that hobby taking away your friend, taking away that time that you have together. So that is jealousy. And if I can ask one thing of you, it would be to really get clear and granular on when you use the words envy and when you use the words jealousy, because it matters. And if you can get it right, you will see an absolute uptick in your emotional wellness straight off the bat. So give that one a go. So something somebody asked me once was, is it possible to have healthy levels of jealousy? Like, is there any level of jealousy in any relationship that is a good thing, maybe? And I think there's a case to say that there are tiny amounts of jealousy only if they're expressed in a very healthy honest and open way, which I think requires some support around that can strengthen relationships, but it's something you have to be so careful with because it gets out of hand in seconds, really. And Maya Angelou, um, another huge, huge heroine of mine, has this gorgeous, gorgeous comment about jealousy. And she said, jealousy in a relationship is like salt in food. A little can enhance the savor, but too much can spoil the pleasure. And under certain circumstances, it can be life-threatening. So caution with jealousy. Um, And as I say, jealousy needs a lot of exploration and support for it to be healthy, which I don't think people can do on their own. I think a coach or a therapist or a third party who's experienced in these things is really essential for something like that. So that's the first place in which I think jealousy can manifest, envy and jealousy. There's also resentment. Think about the word resentment. I want you to think just for a second, what really grinds your gears in other people? What really annoys you? What makes you grit your teeth about somebody else. Because that is resentment. That is resentment. And that is another part of comparison. We resent other people. We resent that they are doing better than us or what we perceive as better. We resent the fact that their children look perfect in photos. We resent the fact that they have gone to a five-star hotel for their beautiful, glorious holiday. You know, that is resentment. But it can also be smaller things than that. So, it can be things that are, you know, inherent in the way they are that you perceive as a comparison with them. So, let's say, for example, that you know somebody... And you find that they always come in what you put in inverted commas overdressed for the occasion. So you know you always think that they've got too much makeup on, or their clothes are far too glamorous for you know the 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 meeting or the the get together or whatever. Underneath that is comparison. You're comparing yourself to them. And you're actually looking at the fact that maybe you feel you've not made enough effort for that meeting or for that get together. That's the comparison. And it leads you to resent that person because of what they're doing, showing up in, you know, um, glamorous clothes, lots of makeup, all the sparkles, all the things. That's a resentment. And that comes born out of comparison. You don't actually dislike them as a person. I mean, you might, but not for the fact that they're wearing these particular clothes and makeup. That resentment is, you know, come from that Petri dish of comparison where you have stacked them up against you subconsciously, weighed and measured and found yourself wanting. Um, And that's not to say that you then need to go out and start dressing like them. What I'm saying is, it's revealing a tussle in you where something isn't aligning. Something is not stacking up for you in yourself. And that's where the work needs to be done. So I want us to really sort of hone in this week um, and going forward really on um, resentment. So think about other egg examples of resentment And envy. Because I want to let you know a little secret. They're actually near neighbors. Resentment and envy can show up as each other, or at least when we don't have the emotional literacy, when we haven't got the language to connect to the experience that we're having. So remember that envy says, I want something you have. So that could be the ability to do something. So I want the ability to be able to talk to a room full of people. I want to be able to earn six figures a year. Whatever it is, that is your envy showing up. Your resentment is very, very similar, but it's not about specifically wanting what the other person has. It's something that gets under your skin about the other person. And that usually comes from not having clear boundaries, not knowing your values, not having those boundaries, not setting those boundaries. And even if you have known and set them, not holding them strongly. And that is where we fall into this spiral of envy, of resentment, and even of jealousy. And they all become this wet spaghetti, all intertwined in each other and untangleable, or so it feels. But this is where the work that we do, which I'm going to talk to you more about in episode two, is paramount um, because that can help you untangle the spaghetti. So the last thing that I want to talk to you about today is um, another negative emotion that comes from comparison that is called Schadenfreude. And Schadenfreude is a German word that is derived from two words, Schaden meaning harm and Freude meaning joy. So it literally means the pleasure or the joy derived from somebody else's suffering. Now You will know this one. You will know this one um, because we're human and we've all done it. I guarantee you. I know I have. I hold my hands up. I hold myself accountable. So Schadenfreude persuades us to celebrate misfortune. And it usually happens in a group situation. Um, so you know, let's let's be on the school run again for for want of a better place. So, you know having a little giggle in a group at another school parent who for, forgot dress-up day, you know, and then sort of on the side saying, well, you know, she deserves it. She's always so involved and busy with a high-flying job. She's never got enough attention on her kids, so I'm not surprised that she forgot it. You know, back at school, the person who was super cool tripping over, I mean, it's a cliche, you know, we're going into American movies now, but that little bit of joy that you got from their misfortune, that is schadenfreude. Um, And I want to tell you one thing. It comes to you presenting itself as a way to build connection, but those connections never last because they are fake. They are not real. So think about those groups at school that you had where you were only really gelled together by your joy at the misfortune of others. That's a schadenfreude group. That's not good. That's not a real connection. That's not a real shared, meaningful love and understanding. There's no values that you can share and, you know, rejoice in with each other. You're only joyful out of someone else's misfortune. So I really want you to be aware of schadenfreude as well. Um, And next week, as I say, I'm gonna give you some tips on how to counterbalance these. Um, So for this week, to sum it up, I think what we need to do is this. We need to be aware of times that we're feeling jealous or envious. And make sure we're using the right term for the right emotion. We need to keep doing that because neuroplasticity, that's our brain being able to rewire itself, says that the more we do something, the more hardwired that will be. And it will change from how we used to think to how we want to think. So we need to do that. We need to look at resentment. You know, when something gets under our skin about somebody, is it that that's really bothering us or is it actually reflecting something in ourselves that we're not really comfortable with accessing make some notes journal around that um you know keep keep information around you so that you can go back and look over it um and the third thing if you catch yourself being involved in Schadenfreude in that joy from somebody else's misfortune um just check yourself and think okay why did I do that does that betray who I am am I that bad a person or actually was I just doing that because I wanted to feel connected I wanted to feel like I'd got you know a group around me and if that's right maybe that group or those people or some of those people are not your people um and that's okay you know as life goes on we realize that that, that is okay Um, And the final thing, and you know this with me, that it it is a big, big old dose of self-compassion because we're human and we know that we are hardwired to compare. So we are going to compare and comparison is going to take us to these negative places sometimes. But we need to be able to still love ourselves because if we're noticing Noticing is the big, big thing. That is the start of your journey. Once you're noticing these things and noticing that you're doing them, then you are on the journey, the path, the continuum to better emotional wellness, to a more joyful life, to a more easeful life. And that is what I want for you. That is so, so much what I want for you. Um so please give yourself a big old dose of self-compassion. Um That is it for this week. Um, As I say, please listen to part two, because part two is going to have all the positive connotations that um, comparison can have and loads and loads. It's packed with tips to help you navigate comparison, which is what you need for a more joyful and well-supported life. So that's it for today and I hope by putting comparison under the co-design microscope it's helped you to feel empowered to support your own emotional mental wellness and if you're really ready to do the work to ensure that you live your one precious life optimally please go now to co-designwithfliss.com or follow me at co-designwithfliss on Instagram or Facebook send me a message and let's get a conversation going where we can get you on that continuum to emotional wellness. Thanks for listening. Bye.